You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for our match preview. Newcastle face Wolves on Sunday but before we get to that game there's so much to talk about I'm Andrew Musgrove and as usual joined by John Gibson John we've been discussing off air just how we go about this show because this could literally mm. last all day if we talk about <laughs> everything going on and with Newcastle United and we'll do our best to get through it all we have the victory over Tramia the injuries picked up in that EFL Cup clash the game against Wolves on Sunday and transfers the imminent arrival of Isaac John, where do we start? Well, I think we've got to begin with the probable signing of a centre-forward because we've waited for so long and I've got so frustrated in case it didn't happen before the window closed because we were literally on a wing and a prayer. Because it doesn't matter how good Callum Wilson is. It doesn't matter that he's got a great goal-scoring record. What matters is that he is going to get injured regularly. It's heartbreaking, but it's a fact. And it's a fact, I think, that Newcastle United have finally accepted. Eddie Howe loves him. He had him at Bournemouth. He's got him up here. I love him. We did a podcast where I was saying he could easily, without injuries, be in the number nine legends club, the elite at the very top. But I said he won't be because he won't play enough to get the games, to get the goals. And we've got to face that fact. And suddenly, having beaten, having, I was about to say, beaten Manchester City, but didn't it feel like that? And, you know, having that played in a stupendous match with City, 3-3, and thoroughly deserved to hold them, and all that feel-good factor suddenly evaporated when it became obvious that... Uh, Callum Wilson had another hammy. Now, it doesn't matter if he's out for one match or six matches. It's recurring. It's the same injury. It's going to happen. We've got lifted by the latest transfer news, which is very, very important. And that is, of course, Alexander Isaac on his way from Real Sociedad. At the time recording, it's believed he's either heading or he's on Tyneside due to undergo a medical with the hope that the deal could be completed within the next 48 hours. We're recording this on Thursday morning. Now, for him to play against Wolves, he would need to be registered by noon on Friday. So that yeah. might be pushing slightly, but if the medical all goes to plan and everything gets signed off, perhaps uh, that game will come just in time for him to make his debut. Of course, we're waiting on the news of how long Callum Wilson will be out. I haven't heard anything, but I'm assuming he will be missing yes. Sunday's game. And yes, we'll, we'll get back to Isaac in, in, in a moment, but that was important for Chris Wood last night to get on the score sheet because he knows that actually Sunday might be his only real time to impress if this deal for Isaac goes yeah. through. He's uh, uh, only time to play. Um, yes, I think so, because he'll become number three in the pecking order. Uh, there's no question about that because Wilson and Isaac will be above him. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll probably will need him on Sunday because I think it'll come too quickly, even if things go smoothly for Isaac. And I think we we'll may well be looking towards Wednesday at Liverpool 
as the realistic debut. And what a debut to make. Oh. What a ground to start your career at. Uh, obviously, last night, Newcastle beat Tramia 2-1, and we'll get on to discussing that game in a moment. But back to Isaac, Isaac. What are we going for? Are we going Isaac or we going Isaac? Just call him Mr. Wonderful if he scores all the goals. <laughs> um, last night on, on BBC Radio Newcastle, they had a, uh, a chap on who is a, an expert on Spanish football. And it's fair to say that he wasn't, he wasn't, um, how shall I say, overly complimentary about Isaac in terms of, he was wasn't at, Jensen, was it? No, I can't. I'm not, not sure of the the chap's name, but mm. he was talking. He was asked uh, by the presenter whether Isaac would be worth sixty million pounds, and he actually said that if it was a La Liga club paying for him, they wouldn't be paying more than fifteen to twenty million pounds. Now, I'm not gonna say this chap was wrong. He watches more La Liga football than I do. I've barely seen this guy play, but I think the key point there is John. £60 million, pounds, or £58 million pounds club record fee, it is a massive, massive amount of money. Is it? Is it a gamble? Anything's a gamble. It's a gamble when you pay £40 million for Joe Linton, who can't score goals as a centre-forward. It's a gamble when you pay £25 million pound for Chris Wood, who can't score goals. Of course it's a gamble. Any deal is a gamble, never guaranteed to come off. I mean, if you look at the two record deals Newcastle had a little while ago, Shearer was as near to non-gamble as you could get when we signed him for a world record 15 mil. When that was topped by Michael Owen, that was a gamble. And it was a gamble that didn't um, uh, have a positive end because he'd lost a yard of pace off the shoulder of the last defender. He wasn't the guy that was at Liverpool, which is what we thought we were getting, we being the club. Um, so, of course, it's a gamble. But uh, And, I mean, the money-wise, it, it, it it's an... Inc- yes, we're talking about uh, stuff added on. I think it's something like 59 or 58 to start with, uh, rising to 63 with all the bits and bobs if we have to end up paying them. But, you, you know, why it's a gamble is because Haaland and Jesus who are the two superstar summer centre-forward signings, both cost less than that. Can you imagine it? Haaland's got £54 million to sign for Man City, and Jesus, who has ripped the Premier League apart in the early games and the pre-season games for Arsenal, £45 million. So it's enormous. But then you look at it the other way and say the record Premier League signing is £100 million for Jack Grealish. Who is not... Is it a gamble? I'm sure that is, because it hasn't worked. You've got to pay what you've got to pay to get these guys. And why I'm pleased about going for Isaac is that he was our original choice. If we are going to have faith in the guys that are now doing the deals and and spotting the players, and they got us Bruno, and they got us Trippier, who have both become almost legends overnight then we've got to have the faith with this guy as well that they've got the right guy. I'm delighted that instead of getting some second or third choice, a patched-up centre-forward that might have the input of, uh, I don't know, Josselou or or whoever, and let's include Chris Wood in that, let's be truthful, we've got somebody that has got a real chance and is talented, and he's not 23 till next month, you know. So time is hugely on his side. And he's all—he's got 37 caps for Sweden, and he's not 23 yet. 
Yeah, huge, huge potential. His numbers last season weren't great. The season before, they were they were very good. Seventeen goals last season, only six. But you know, players can have off seasons. Sure. I mean, the refreshing thing is, is that you can be one hundred percent sure that Steve Nixon and his team have looked at this player and they've scouted him. They know him inside out. They've tested his character. He will be the right fit for Newcastle United. And I think it got to the stage, John, even if Callum Wilson hadn't come off against Manchester City, we were starting to get a bit sweaty palms because they needed a striker. We've said it on this because if it hadn't happened... I mean, yes, we're a little bit shocked that the hamstrings lasted all of three games or something of this new season. But we're not shocked by it happening. Unfortunately, with Callum, it will happen all the time. Do you think... Following on from that City game, there was a you know an immediate wake up call in that hours after Monday morning, Without and they've gone right. Like, we need to get something sorted because they've moved quite quickly. You know, reports oh. say Monday was when the start talks started to really. And suddenly ramp they've up. got Dan Ashworth and, and and Nixon going out there as quickly as straight away. Shows what they can do when they put the put the mind to it. Do you think? Do you think though it did focus oh, their minds? There's no question, and I'm delighted. This sounds awful, and Callum, forgive me, but I'm delighted it happened against Man City with enough space left in the transfer market to react the way we have. If it had happened against Palace or whatever it is, when it would be too late to get but it, somebody. But interestingly, I don't think they were sitting there, you know, on Sunday thinking, oh, we, we could probably gamble. I think you know they have been active and looking for a strike, and I don't think yeah, it was but a they've case taken of, the blinkers off. They could have paid this much money for this guy a month ago. Well, apparently they wanted seventy-five. They wanted that well, release clause. Well, they always do, but they've miraculously haven't taken it. And I know it's getting near the end of the window, etc., etc. No, I honestly believe, and we, we believe what we believe. But I mean, this is a compliment to Newcastle. I believe that they've woken up after what happened. To Wilson, they've said that was the greatest advert for Premier League football for Newcastle United. The 3 3 draw with Man City last year, we lost 4 0 and 5 0 to this lot. We have closed the gap, but all of a sudden, you might be going three weeks or four weeks without Wilson, and you're saying, Oh dear, oh dear, we can't afford this. The feel good factor is going to disappear down the plug hole. To heck with keeping my powder dry for tomorrow or the next transfer window or the next transfer window. We better go and get somebody now. And they've gone and done that, and good on them. Looking at him, John, I haven't seen a lot of them, I'll be honest, but looking at the clips you know, over on YouTube, and it's easy to make a, a pre-judgment before you see them in the flesh, but he doesn't look the strongest. He's not very bulky. Clearly has got a good touch. He knows where the goal is. But just looking at the way he's built, his stature, is that a slight concern looking at the, or knowing how tough the Premier League can be and, you know, the defenders don't give strikers um, a moment's Mm. peace and and they can be quite physical as well? No, not for me. Um, He's six foot four. If he was bulky at six foot four, he'd look like the Incredible Hulk. Um, I mean, when you're tall, you're going to, that tall, you're going to be leanish. Um, Adibayo was Bamiang was slight type forwards, tall but uh, wiry of frame. Uh, I mean, Thierry Henry wasn't built like Alan Shearer, but what a wonderful striker he was. Um, no, it doesn't bother me. Um, as I say, being as tall as he is, he was going to be slim. He's very, very quick and he's got a good touch. That 
that's much better, you know. I mean, you know, am I supposed to be thrilled when I see... I mean, I, I was thrilled when I saw Joe Linton stripped into his playing gear. I was thrilled when, when I saw Chris Wood stripped into his playing gear. I wasn't thrilled when I saw him try to score goals. I'm not bothered about his build. I'm bothered about him scoring goals. And I think a lot of wiry centre-forwards are exactly that. And he's not unusual with that. I guess the fact the likes of Arsenal, Barcelona, I know that big, big teams in the last 18 months or so have been linked to, to Alexander Isaac. That in itself is a, is a massive plus for Newcastle because big, big teams have, have caught this guy. They've wanted him. Newcastle have clearly got a very good player on their hands. Yeah, I mean, you know, they make me smile when they, these clubs are linked with uh, players because they don't go out and get them. If they're linked with... You could say they were linked with them, but they wouldn't take the chances or something wrong with them. You could turn it that way or you could turn it the other way. Isn't it a huge compliment that all these clubs were looking at? Arsenal had said, well, we're looking at Bruno. They didn't take him. We are half pleased we did, aren't we? Well, if we get the same result out of, out of this centre-forward as we got with Bruno, if we get the same result as we got from a guy we just bought out of Spain, which is Kieran Trippier, we'll be more than well chuffed. And look, we need a centre-forward who has got a good touch, who is mobile, who is quick, and has a record where he can actually score goals as well as take goals. We are crying out for that. We've got one. Let's not dissect him and be morbid before he actually pulls on his shirt. I, I, I am delighted today to be sitting here with somebody like that virtually guaranteed to be in-house. What do you think Chris Wood, what do you think Callum Wilson are thinking You know when they see this? The news I don't care and, what they're thinking when they see it. I, I that think, is motivation? To... I think 50,000 Geordies are thinking, isn't that wonderful? Um, I think Callum Wilson will be saying, he might be coming, but I'm still the number one guy, etc., etc. I think Chris Wood will be seeing it as reality. Uh, the, and the reality is that you, you, your third choice centre forward. He did score against Tranmere. He put in. He should score against Tranmere, the League Two. And he's a £25 million centre forward. He should score. If he can't score against Tranmere, always, we're in trouble, mate. And he's in trouble. Right, okay, I'll, I'll 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 take that point on board. How did you think he did overall? A bit of the goal. I think goal, he, I think he played like Chris plays. I, I I think his goal was terrific because that is his strength. The best part of his game is in the air, movement off the pitch rather than standing still. Sometimes he stands still even in the air, and has to do a jump from a standing start. You can't get power. You've got to be on the move to get a good header in and he was on the move Trippier did a terrific job Mind, uh, I'm not taking anything away from Wood it was a wonderful header but by Jove Trippier turned the game completely last night there's no question about that um, but yes he did what he does well other parts of his game he was just Wood he, we know what we get and whether we call that honesty or whether we call it limited is an eye of the beholder, but we know what we'll get with Chris Wood, and what we got was exactly what we know we would get. Eddie Howe made it clear that he wants to have a cup run, he hopes to be the manager to win Newcastle their first major trophy since 1969. There were plenty of changes made against Tramia, but a relatively strong 
team, you know, yes, what, what, I mean, could play. Yes, yes, it was, because individually, okay, it was a shadow squad, there's absolutely no question about that, because the team that played Man City, there was nothing there apart from Willock, and the team that plays Wolves will look vastly different as well, it was our shadow squad, but these players are experienced players, we have strength and depth now, the only one that wasn't experienced, that was young and we took a chance on, was Elliot Anderson, who's top of the range anyway, and who starred in League 2 last season, I was saying, you know, Woods should score against Tranmere because it's League 2 opposition, I had no feeling that, that Anderson wouldn't nail it last night, because he was a star in that division last season with Bristol Rovers, so, and, and, and also he's a good player, mm. and he showed last night he's going to be a good player. He did, it was a physical game, but he didn't look out of place, he certainly managed to handle himself. Tramia boss, not too happy at Anderson uh, for the second goal, he claims he blocked off his, um, oh, sorry, the first goal was when he claims he blocked off the defender. Um, By the way, the that's what t- attackers do. You're supposed to block them off. Have you seen the? Fi- that's what you do. That's what John Bond said, didn't he, on Sky? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's part of the game. I'm a bit offended when uh, in their penalty area, when centre halves are getting hold of your centre forwards and almost putting the shirt in the back pocket on corners, etc. And by the way, uh, my little rant. I love a little rant. Uh, Never mind about their manager being a bit upset about the the blocking off on the goal. I thought they were in absolute disgrace. I expect League Two teams to be physical against Premier League opposition. Of course they must be. It gives them their best chance of getting a result. If you're going to try to to match them uh, skill for skill you're going to get massacred. You've got to be physical. But there's a difference between being physical and being what they are. We had Kraft taken off on a stretcher in the first half. We had Lascelles playing with a broken nose when he was blatantly smashed across the face by an elbow. And we had the goalkeeper, Dolo, who could have been, was decapitated by Hemmings, who went in with his studs up on a back pass. It was a walking red card and he gets a yellow. They were, for me, purely my opinion, they were a disgrace. They took the physical challenge that the League Two side must have against Premier opposition and went right over the line of acceptance. Yeah, 100%. I mean, clearly the instruction was to, to get into Newcastle and rattle them, but I agree they, they went a, a step too far. Oh. They, they did take the lead, and, and, and it was a nice goal, but from a Newcastle point of view, you'll be... Disappointed. I know Matt Target comes back in after missing it a couple of games with that dead it's, leg. It's, it's showed, Andrew. Yeah, right? he, I, I mean, he, 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 he didn't come out of that goal well. And when he, he sort of left his man, and when his man accelerated, there was no way Target was going to get there. Now, he was brought off at half-time. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, probably it was a half each for him and Jamal Lewis. They decided before the game. But he looks like a guy that had been out for a while. It was a very poor defensive goal from Newcastle's point mm-hmm. of view. Luckily, it was early enough to give us time to come back in and win 2-1. Mm, nice to see Jamal Lewis as well back out, getting some minutes under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he do enough, do you think, to no. secure a place in that squad? Do you think, Or do you think he might still be loaned out? Well, it's a very good question. He's, he's certainly not, uh, you know, he's not going to 
do enough to start in the team, you, you might make a squad. You've got to decide. It's an interesting thing because you've got target when he's up to speed, match fit, who we expect to be a left back. What have you got after that? I mean, if you've got Dummett, you've got... Um, Dan Byrne. You've got Dan Byrne out of position. Um, Bonswell, the, the young boy. And and um, Jamal Lewis. I'd expect... I mean, Bonswell's got a few suitors in the Championship. Yes, in I think one, he's so going to expect under, either him I, or Lewis to go out. I think he's going to probably be the future of Newcastle in a couple of years' time. Uh, but they've got a position there. The interesting thing, we got, you know, that left side last night... Um, and of course because we weren't playing our first team but there was question marks Target wasn't match fit Dummett was playing left side centre half and naturally was decimated by cramp at the end and that I mean he's hardly he's hardly played in 2022 he doesn't look there and Jamal Lewis would forgot was still here until he suddenly appeared on the pitch because he hasn't he wasn't even in the squad uh, uh, from January onwards so there the, the is a position there that needs sort a little bit of attention from Eddie about who will be the cover for target yes he can play Danburn because he's got Bachman and, and Shaw of course mentioned LaSalle's getting a, an elbow to the mm. face it looked painful then he went oh. up for a header and it, it started bleeding again but I, I, what I, I was watching that and I was just thinking um, back to when we we talked about Joe Harvey and I, I thought back to there was a story Bob Moncur tells on our documentary about Joe Harvey when he yeah. he gets an elbow to the face and um, Joe Harvey wants him to still fly out for European games says can't you just push the nose back into place I just thought you know that kind of spirit from Jamal Lascelles whatever you think about his ability you know Joe Harvey would have applauded that you know, uh, it, was, it was a real captain spirit that just continued through I thought he did terrific to, to continue to play, to want to play, and to play the way he did with a smashed nose um, was superb. Hats off to him for the way he went about the job last night. It, it, a lot of players consult when you've been the club captain and still are, but you're, and you've been automatic, you've built a side round you, I'm talking about two or three years ago, and all of a sudden you're not even a starter anymore. You know, players can sulk. The one thing to his credit is that he has not done that, and he's that's not his nature, and that's why Eddie has uh, continued with him as skipper. He did terrific class. I'm not talking about ability because he is above League Two class, of course he is, but attitude-wise, he was superb and good for him. Now Kraft went off. It didn't look good straight it, no, away. No, it didn't then look good. Then you see him on the crutches of the legs strapped up. I fear that that's going to be a very long-term injury. It didn't look good. Which is sad because the way he finished last season, you were starting this season saying, you know, he's not going to get Kieran Trippier out of the side if Trippier is fit, but you have a more than decent and capable backup to Kieran Trippier. There's, there's a couple of full-back in terms of backup, not in terms of first mm. choice, to be made by Eddie because, um, you know, you're looking as if you've got Manquillo to cover... He was on the bench yesterday. Right back, he was on the bench yesterday. Interesting, though, that he didn't... Because Eddie he Howe didn't said... Put him on. Yeah, Eddie Howe said after the game that ideally he wouldn't have played Trippier. You know, he didn't want to really give him no, that many minutes. Not. Can you remember talking about the physical stuff, Andrew, that I was ranting on about, you know, all the injuries? Can you remember when that guy stepped on, on 
Trippier's foot. It was the foot that they had was broken. Yeah, and he went down and he, and he blew his and cheeks exactly out. He sat the same way as he sat when his metatarsal had gone. I, and I, I was up screaming yeah. at the telly. I, I, was, uh, I was making a brew. I was. I took it upstairs to take it upstairs to the oh. missus and I saw it happen and I came back. I just put oh, my head around the I mean, corner I, thinking, I then please no, please I no. I then it looked because he is quality. He ran that game. Yeah. He, he won that it. game for us. There's a, yes, the goals came from Lascelles in Wood, but he won the game. His delivery, Trippier won the game, and his passing, the time into space, unruffled. He looked what he is an England player, never mind a Premier League player, playing against League Two side. Mm. He looked that. But on Mankio, the fact that he was on the bench, we know he's had injury issues during the, mm. the summer. Do you think it was maybe a case he's just not? match fit and he's not ready but then people will say well if he's, that is the case why is he on the bench what, what do you make of the fact well, because that he, he, he might get caught of an hour etc that's why he's on the bench and, and also the bench is that big now it's almost a second team you've got 11 on the pitch and almost 11 on but, the bench but if he's fit and re- re- ready to go and you don't really want to give Trippier that many minutes I know would... but I think we, yeah I take your point totally but I think we look I think Eddie looked at that match and said you know we want to go down and say we have talked about us winning I don't want the result. That, remember, Eddie was in charge of a side that lost to Cambridge at home in the FA Cup at, at, earlier this year. He didn't want that again, so he said, blow this, I'm putting Trippier on because Trippier will destroy this lot. And what did Trippier do? Destroy this mm. lot. Uh, Manquilla wouldn't have, with respect to Manquilla, with all his lack of games, it's a, he wouldn't have destroyed that lot in the way that Trippier did. It was a gamble fitness-wise, there's absolutely no question. Um, but at some stage... You've got to go with you guys. Later on, and it was for a very short space of time, but we've got Joe Linton on, we've got Bruno on. We, you know, you've sometimes got to put your big hitters on. No, it's a trip. Yeah, tremendous uh, introduction, and he did change again the delivery oh. that he's capable of is, is something yeah, but special. But he's all around passing and vision as well. His delivery was terrific. Just his leadership, but, his oh, organisation. I mean, everything about him, he's a class above. Yeah, 100%. We then had Sean Longstaff, Joe Willick, Elliot Arneson, and then... A bit ahead of them, you've got Matt Ritchie, who is just Matt Ritchie. He's just honest. But then you have Jacob Murphy, and I, I, I don't want to flat us to deceive. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed. Deceive. Yes, because this is a. I mean, with Matt Ritchie, you know what you're going to get. With Chris Wood, you know what you're going to get. With Sean Longstaff, you know what you're going to get. But with Murphy, this was a genuine opportunity for a kid with some God-given talent. To sort of get a hold of it and say, look, I'm going to push Almiron for position in the team. I'm going to try to keep Fraser out of the picture long term, etc., etc. He's got a chance to do that. He was disappointing. Yeah, he he did not take his chance. Yeah, it was disappointing to say. I don't even think he did anything really of note. Which again, you've got to take these opportunities. Missed a couple of chances. <laughs> well, maybe I just wasn't watching close enough. I just... Well, not guilt edge, but a couple of yeah. chances where you're not hitting the target and you ought to be. You know, I, I was very disappointed in Murphy. Yes, one man who was expected to play and didn't was Martin Dubravka. Now it's said that it was yep. due to illness. Yep. But then it also emerged that uh, Manchester United have, have Yeah, well, have Pedro asked. didn't play for Watford and that was due to a slight injury. I think not in Pedro's case. I think it was because his mind was scrambled with transfer business. Maybe Martin's the same. It's interesting though because it, the report I read was that Manchester United won competition for 
to gear. So, yeah, because they let Henderson go. Yeah, but then, so you're moving from one, I mean, you're essentially moving for the same position in the team, aren't you? Because yes, he's not going to get beyond Pope. He's not going to get beyond no, he's gear. Not. So, why w- but, but I guess he's 33. I guess he's going to get uh, perhaps a, a, a rise in wages because Man City or Man United are ridiculous with money. Uh, so he's going to get a rise. And if you're from Slovakia, um, you know, finishing up at Manchester United on your, on your CV in years to come doesn't look too bad. And he's not going to be worse off in years here because he's not going to get in ahead of Pope. So I, I respect Martin. He's done a terrific job for us. If he wants to go away at this stage of his career, I wouldn't feel aggrieved about it. We, we would keep Darlow, who we would possibly have let go, and kept Dubrovka. If it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Can you see it happening? Do you think Eddie Howe will let him begrudgingly go? I think he's got to let either him or Darlow go because you don't need... And I know, you know, there's Gillespie there who's going to be the last choice of the of the goalkeepers. You've got Pope. You know, you, you only want either Dubrovka or Darlow in Gillespie. It was quite telling that when he was asked about Eddie Howe by uh, Mark Chapman on, on Sky Sports about exits, he said, we're not, we're not thinking about that. That'll come later in the window. Oh, he I mean, didn't know what was happening with the centre-forward. No, you take that with a pinch of salt. But he, but he also yeah. seemed to allude that, you know, and my colleague Lee Ryder has written a story today in which it, it doesn't appear Newcastle will be finished once Isaac arrives. They are, as Lee uh, Ryder has said, um, are not finished there and are expected to sign another forward and possibly a wide player. So the next, what we got, six days, mm. seven days, mm. going to be busy. I hope so. We've been shouting for it to be that way. It ought to be that way, and I think it will be that way. Uh, and that will lead to certain players being able to go out, whether it's fringe players like Burns were on, on loan, uh, whether it's Jubovka, whether it's... Matt Ritchie, if anybody comes in from, whether it's Jamal Lewis, if anybody comes in from, and there's room to for a couple to go out as well as a couple to come in. The fact that Isaac's set to arrive, the fact that Newcastle are likely to sign another forward, does that suggest to you that they know Callum Wilson's injury isn't going to be one or two weeks? I don't think it matters how long it is this time. They know it's regular. If it's if it's two weeks this time, it'll be th- it'll be two months in December. Um, it sounds awful, and I, I only feel I can say this because I've done a whole podcast saying how great he is in the past. Um, but it, you know what I mean. If if he's out six weeks now, or just two weeks now, it's two weeks when there's game Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Um, and it's going to happen again. Bless him, it's going to happen again. So you've got to get somebody. I'm glad that the mind's been concentrated because I do feel there's been something in, in Newcastle's psyche that if we can get a centre-forward, that's great. And we want to, and we'll try to get Pedro and try to get the young lad from France, etc., etc. But if we don't, this fella's a terrific centre-forward. He would be number one choice, etc., etc. But then when he goes down again, three games in, doesn't matter what the result of the scan is, he had to come off, he's had to have a scan. Is that not a big warning flag? Is that not a red flag at the top of the pole saying danger? You've got to do something about it and have its concentrated minds. And that is good because in by September the 1st, it's too late. 
Mm, 100% agree. Um, wide player, midfield player, Paqueta being linked to West Ham. We know there's been rumours of long interest in, in him from Newcastle. There's still plenty of suggestion that Newcastle will go to Chelsea and, and get a loan player in. Conor Gallagher Gallagher's the, the top of the list. One they're talking about, Be a yes. top quality addition. Yes, he's a good, good player. Uh, there's absolutely no question about that. I've been so obsessed about my centre forward. I'm just now beginning to think about me right winger and me midfield player. Do you see um, Newcastle still going in for Joe Pedro, even if they sign Isaac? It's an interesting one. He's got a little injury, you know, but it's only a three-week job. But he's got a little injury. I mean, isn't it ironic? Um, but uh, it depends because I think they've got the centre forward now. That's the main, main thing. Um, I don't think they'll spend another thirty million of the current money, perhaps, on the centre forward. They may look to get on loan. Um, so. <laughs> Pedro is not top of the list. Pedro's desperate to come. There's no question about that. Um, because he's, he sees, he's, he's bought into the idea of what's happening up here. And of course, there's two Brazilians up here. So settling in with the, the Brazilian boys would be very easy for him. Um, I don't think anything's dead in the water with Newcastle because we thought Isaac was dead in the water. That, that was their original target way, way back. Um, but it was complicated it wasn't so imperative that we got him then as it is now uh, and so the the ball games change this will constantly september the first will concentrate minds now because mm. this is the sharp end and this is the end when you can get people on loan right near the death is when you get people on loan because clubs think well yes i can afford to let him go um so yes this is going to concentrate minds but once this fella isaac is 100 percent in I'll feel much more relieved and let's go out and top it off with a little bit of icing on the cake. But he is the cake. Mm, I would say it's a race against time to get him registered for that game against Wolves on Sunday. And just before we start to talk about that, this being the match preview, and just a quick reminder to please like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider. Uh, drop us a rating and review as well if you get the chance. Just helps us get the podcast out to a wider audience we're also entering the Football Content Awards, but we need your help to be nominated. So I'll pop the link to the description to the website where you can vote. And if you open that, this link will be in the podcast description. So you click that and it's the second box down from the top. You will see a category which says Best Podcast. It'll say Premier League and just type in the everything is Black and White Podcast. And you can fill in the rest of the categories with your other favourite football YouTubers, etc. And then scroll down to the bottom and click Vote and uh, help us get nominated for the Football Content Awards. That would be very much appreciated. Now, John, on to Wolves. Yep. Um, they're a bit of a side that kind of go up and down. You know, he's a good manager, Bruno Large. He's, he started well, but then he had that poor end last season. It seems he's under a little bit of pressure from some quarters of... Mm. You know, the Wolves fan base, they've got some very, very decent players. Obviously, they've got that connection uh, between the club and, and Portugal. They seem to sign all the best up-and-coming Portuguese Portuguese players. have signed Nunes, who Newcastle were linked to, Liverpool were linked to. Big, big signing. Um, what do you make of Wolves? I mean, is this a mm. game Newcastle should be winning? Yes, it is. Uh, first and foremost, I think they're the poor man's Brighton. They play with pretty patterns. They've got great technicians. They've got players who are very good technicians. They make pretty patterns. Not as good as Brighton. 
but that sort of approach work it's easy on the eye it's comfortable it's smooth it's like a you know a nice little drink going down the back of the throat uh, but as with Brighton they don't score goals um, and that is a problem um, and for me even without Wilson and perhaps without Isaac because he may not be retrusted in time for Wolves I would still look for us to win at Wolves because they are, they've gotten to a bit of a habit you know in, in, in football's habit forming of losing at the end of last season they lost six of the last nine on the one end of last season which evaporated all the chances of Europe they lost six of the last nine and they've lost two of the three Premier League games this season Um Equally, the goal-scoring record, last season, only the three teams that were relegated scored fewer goals than Wolves. And in the three games so far this season, they've scored one goal. So, they're in a habit of losing, and they're in a habit of not scoring goals. Let's go down there and smash them. One point so far this season, lost two, drawn one. Can look pretty. They look Mm. pretty at Spurs. Yeah. But they lost one nil. You know, they've sold or they've let their their was it Silver go out on loan have now a big money move and it doesn't seem Jimenez doesn't seem very happy, you know. I, I don't think and I thoroughly understand. I think physically since that horrendous head injury, he is and he's, he still wears the band is, you know. He, he looks not as confident and wouldn't yeah, we all suffer from that? It's going to knock you, isn't it? Wouldn't we all suffer from that? But he doesn't look quite the player he is. In space with nobody on him and the ball at his feet, he looks the lovely footballer that he is. But in the rough and tumble of the penalty area and things happening and elbows flying and you stick your head in and he doesn't look quite the player he was yet. Now they tend to play three at the back if I'm not mistaken. Were you surprised that they let Connor Cody Cool. Yeah, uh, yes, um, because you would think he would fit in with with what they want. But um, I think they're that sort of club in the way that Leicester are as well. Um, you know, it, there's always the possibility of nicking their players. Like um, Jota went, I know, with it was a bigger thing because it was a huge transfer to Liverpool, etc. But they're not unbuyable their yeah. players and I, I don't think the Leicester ones are as well they're one of those clubs that do very well but you can still buy their players I'm hoping Newcastle have become one of those clubs that do very well but you can't buy our players I'm talking about the good ones i.e. Bruno etc you can't buy ours you get the feeling with Leicester with Wolves with Brighton that you can buy their good players so Carlo Ancelotti if you're listening hands off Bruno Gomesh he's not going anywhere I'm flipping sure he's not going anywhere behave yourself man um, in terms of Newcastle's starting eleven, then it's pretty much you would expect the same uh, team that started against City, other than Wilson. Yeah, yeah the, the the one change is going to be Wilson. You keep burning at left back. Yes, haven't seen Target last night. I would because I don't think he's sharp enough yet. Um, so and Burn has a little bit of a knock, evidently, but I don't think it'll. Uh, yeah, obviously, got knocked and knocked. Or did he get knocked out by that ball? Then he uh, against City, the yes. Robert Bernard moment in twenty twenty two. Midfield wise, Bruno, Joe Linton, it's and, the and third Willick. man. 
They all, well, they all played yesterday though against Tramia. I mean, obviously they're fit and you know they're professional footballers. Yeah. They well, in be. Anderson and and, and um, uh, Sean Longstaff's case, it's one of it's, it's virtually their first first team match of the season, so they're as fit as a lot. Mm. Whether Willick is going to start again, um, having started at Tranmere and not played too well, I thought in his last game, uh, his last Premier League game. You see, I'm 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 gonna slightly disagree with you there, and I'll I'll explain why. I thought in the first ten, fifteen minutes he looked uncomfortable. He didn't look like he knew how to do that defensive role. But I felt once he grew into the game, he carried the threat, which really hurt Manchester City. He was taking the ball forward, and I did actually feel, as I said on Monday with the podcast with Aaron, that once he went off, Newcastle sort of lost their shape and purpose a little bit. Mm. I'm not saying he. By any means, that it was due to him alone. Yeah, not saying him going off cost Newcastle anything, but I'm just in terms of. I think I, Newcastle I, have put so much into it, Andrew, as well. You know, for an hour. Hmm. I mean, God, they put two lots of games worth of physical activity into an hour to get to where they were and were on the legs after that. But, but and I got reminded of this uh, quite a few times on Monday. I did say in last week's match preview that. Eddie Howe would have driven into them that they are as good as Manchester City and they can go out there and they can, uh, you know, they can match them. Yep. You, you, you didn't, uh, you weren't on board with what I'd said. No, at the start. because they're not as good as Manchester City. And at the end of the season, when you look at our two league positions, you'll find that out, Andrew. And because that is a fact of life. And Mr. Almi wants scoring a goal as well. <laughs> Well, if you fall down and the ball hits your knee and it goes in the net, you've scored a goal, yes, and that's what he did. And I was delighted for him because he needed it. Um, he needed to play well. After Grealish had insulted him, he needed it to happen. He's such a happy guy. He was so decimated when he thought it wasn't given and then thrilled to bits when it was. And, but before he get carried away, he fell down and struck his knee and went into the net. I was thrilled to bits hey, for him. But he didn't, he didn't beat... Four men and chip it in the top corner. So let's uh, keep a sense of proportion. <laughs> a, we're not as good as Man City. Check the league table at the end of the season. And B, Almirian's goal was was delightful in as much as he was so caring and so wanted it. He absolutely flung himself at it. And it just had to hit him to go in and luckily it did. But um, let's not make him Lionel Messi. No, well, I, I'm going to back him for another goal this weekend's again think, I hope I, you're right I think this is the start of it so we're going to say well actually let, that midfield three then we're saying Brolinton Brolin, Brolin, well two Bro, pick themselves don't Brolinton Bruno and Joe Linton <laughs> and, and it, then, it's just a matter of the third one and it's a, probably a matter of whether you whether you go for um, Longstaff Longstaff to spread the load has Anderson or got taking a, a chance on Anderson Anderson will always have a chance because he's a good kid you hand pick where you're going to play him and if I'm going to play him at all over the next two games I'll play him at Wolves I don't play him at Liverpool mm. um, and he's got a chance I'm a great believer in Long in Anderson I'm, I really am I can see Willick if fit has come through yes I can see I can, I can see it being an unchanged side but for but, but for, for the centre forward yes I think that that is more than likely to be the case yes if and it's a big if at this point in time if Isaac signs in time would you see him starting? Would you see him coming off the bench? Well, we we would all want to see him starting, but the, if you take the the uh, blueprint of Eddie Howe bringing players in from abroad, i.e., um, 
Bruno and Buckman, he doesn't start them straight away. He introduces them off the bench. So I've got a feeling, and certainly at Wolves, because if if he if he becomes available for Wolves, and I think he possibly won't. If he becomes available, it'll be at the last minute, and I I, I think he would be benched. Mm. Well, by, by from Eddie's point of view, I'm not saying from supporters' point of view or my point of view, but from Eddie's point of view, I think he would start him on the bench. One to keep an eye on. We will, of course, keep a date with all the transfer news, including the imminent arrival of Alexander Isaac over on chroniclelive.co.uk through our daily transfer live blog. Just to finish off, as always then, John, mm-hmm. we got last week's wrong. We said it was going to be a defeat. We did, and I've never been more delighted to be wrong. And, and I don't want to get this week's wrong because nope. I'm going to say that they're going to win. Me too. I think So I don't want to be wrong this week. I, I, w- I enjoyed being wrong last week, not this week. I'm taking Newcastle to win with or without the Isaac situation. Hmm. Yep, I'm going to go for a victory as well. And fingers crossed, both our predictions come in. Well, that's the end of the Everything is Black and White podcast for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. I will be away next week, but don't fear, we'll have a special host on Monday to look back on hopefully the victory over Wolves and John will be appearing on that show as well. And then throughout the week, we'll have uh, various episodes to cover the remainder of the transfer window, the game against Liverpool. John will be back later in the week as well. And then I will return the week after. Fingers crossed, in that time, Newcastle have signed a couple of players and got nine points because it will actually be three games I'll be missing. So hopefully they'll have nine points, John. That would be lovely. We might settle for seven with a draw at Liverpool, but uh, <laughs> why not for nine? Liverpool aren't at the top of the form at let's the moment. Let's ride this wave of optimism here. Let's, let's come on. That's why we've signed this £60 million centre-forward, because the wave of optimism is there in Newcastle. Don't want to get off it. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in, and please remember to like and follow the podcast.